it's now time for an in-depth look dedicated to all things pertaining to the New York Red Bulls, tackling all of the latest news and happenings both on and off the pitch. This is the Fall of Bulls Podcast. For the first time in 2018, the Red Bulls suffered defeat. We analyzed the loss on St. Paddy's Day to Mike Pecky and Real Salt Lake. We preview their next match versus Minnesota United and offer congratulations to the four Red Bulls who are called up for international duty. Hi, everyone. Welcome once again to the Full of Bulls podcast alongside Alfredo Famasas and Cristiano Oliveira. I'm Mike Corbett. We'll be talking about all things affiliated with the New York Red Bulls this, pe- this week. Excuse me. Their loss to Real Salt Lake. RB2 kicked off their USL season on a high note. And some more news coming in about their semifinal opponents in the CONCACAF Champions League. And look ahead to this week against Minnesota United. Of course, follow us on our Twitter page at FOBS Podcast. On Instagram at Full of Bulls. Of course, find us on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes. All right, gentlemen, um, I know you, both of you guys are over there in Jersey, Alfredo and Christiana. How are you guys doing? You get a lot of storm, uh, a lot of snow from the latest nor'easter that was all hyped up on the news? I did. I mean, I, I was out there with the snowblower and shoveling last night, woke up this morning, had to do it all over again, man. It was just a total waste of time. And, you're, out, and you're, out there making, you're out there making a few bucks, you know, shoveling no, people's no, walks? No, absolutely not. Absolutely not. I barely have time to do my own driveway, let alone others. But you make a good 30 bucks. Huh? That'd be I'm, good for you. I'm, I'm good with that. Yeah, uh, not too bad. Got a little bit of snow. Well, about a foot, but uh, overall, not too bad. Wow. Yeah, yeah foot, a foot's not bad. I mean, that the way this, the way the weather's been this this winter, uh, with what four nor'easters the last month or so. Well, they, they, they see all these nor'easters. Uh, just a snowstorm coming in. Some areas get hit hard, some don't. Then the next day or two, it warms up and melts off. But yeah, it is spring technically, and we get hit with a snowstorm to start off spring. But here we are. All right. Well, let's get started with a look back at the Red Bulls, their past uh, competition. They finally lost their first match of 2018. They lost. They went out to Real Salt Lake and met up with uh, old friend Mike Petke, and he handed them a, a 1-0 loss on St. Patrick's Day. They fell behind early after conceding a penalty. Um, Albert Rusnik converted on it after Carlos Rivas tackled David Horst in the box, which was upheld through VAR. Um, despite the... the Possession numbers with the Red Bulls dominating. They had a couple of attempts on Nick Romando early on. He made some great saves. He turned back the clock. But um, other than that, wasn't really much from the Red Bulls. They did put out a weekend 11, starting 11. They held some guys back, and they, they really paid for it. So um, overall, Alfredo, I'll start with you. I had said last week on the podcast going, yeah, whether they start a strong lineup or start a weakened lineup, this is something that they've got to come out and hammer Real Salt Week, a team that was weak in the week before after they lost 5-1 to LAFC. Just no excuse about it. I just thought the Red Bulls really threw away three points on Saturday night in a game that they could have, should have won under any other circumstances. Yeah, well, I think that the Red Bulls were were better then Real in the first half had a couple chances. Uh, but when you field in your sixth game, you field your sixth different lineup. And mm-hmm. regardless of whether we've been praising this team for the depth, 
there's got to be some consistency to the guys that play together to build up that chemistry. And that's fine and good that you want to build a depth. You want to give guys a chance. Uh, it looks like there's still some preseason testing going on, even though we're a few games into the season. But, you know, it, it's expected, right? And I know that Jesse Marsh mentioned the altitude. He mentioned the volume of games that the team has been playing. But I thought that I think that he's probably the most disappointed because he felt that the Red Bulls could have won in the first half. I think that penalty call uh, was the right one from the commentary. Those guys were saying that pro referees in the MLS will now be looking at these these tug of wars, if you will, in the box. And I think that uh, he only he called it right away. I think he only went to VAR to see if the if it was inside the box yeah, inside or outside the box. Yeah. So uh, after you know giving up a game uh, a goal that early in the game, the Red Bulls had to chase uh, had to chase the game. Uh, but I thought that overall in the first half they were they were a better team than than Real Salt Lake. I think this is one of those games going in where I think. You, you could easily say that Jesse got a little bit cocky, a little bit overconfident, considering mm -hmm. the performances of the team in the, in, in the previous five games. You're talking about pretty much throwing out what we called here. Um, and anyone watching that game against uh, the, the Portland Timbers at home and in the season opener at home with what many call the secondary team, right? The second team. And they go out there and demolish Portland to 4-0. And then they're able to handle... Uh, Toros, all over with Toros, right? That's what they, right? Toros. Who's the team in the Concacaf? Toros, right? Tijuana. Tijuana. Tijuana Toros, right? Cholos. Cholos. Toros. Cholos. It was close. So yeah, they were able to handle them pretty easily. So I thought maybe Jesse looked and looked at this game and said, Ah, you know, we're we're hitting on all cylinders, and we'll just do some more rotation here because the way to, the way our guys have been playing, we should be able to to easily handle this team who, who, like you guys mentioned, had lost the first game of the season, who did not look particularly uh, good at, 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 in any form of the game. So going into Rio Tinto, though, a place that, that we mentioned last week, a place that they're yet to get their first victory um, in that building. So I, I thought it was a little bit cocky in his part to just um, throw out you know, a makeshift lineup and, and expect to come away with the three yeah. points there. Yeah, and as you, I'm sorry, as you guys were saying with, yeah, there's the altitude, but let's, let's not act as if Real Salt Lake hasn't lost games there in the past, even when they were one of the best teams in MLS. That being said, I, I would have thought, all right, they still have a week off between last Saturday, St. Patrick's Day, and into the next match, which will be this Saturday against Minnesota, dealing with flying out to not the West Coast, but flying out to the mountain time zone and dealing with stuff as the altitude and weather, you would want to have gone with a more veteran presence or at least some of your top guns that could overcome some of this stuff. Yeah, I think that uh, perhaps, and it was one of the things that Jesse Marsh uh, said in his presser after the game, was that he was a little bit, uh, he thought that certain guys are, are still are not playing to the to the way he wants the team to play. Some guys are still not understanding certain things. But that's what you get when you uh, rotate the team. Um, but as I mentioned, I thought that the Red Bulls should have at least gotten a goal in that first half. How much um, do you think with some of the passing where it was really effective with, with the altitude we were shooting on him? And one guy in particular, I, I know he didn't have a good match and he was pulled off uh, with uh, Shikowsky, where he had a few passes in the first half that really – Right after they fell behind early, they they came back and they had a few opportunities, and some of his passes just shot off on him. Is that something where 
they may have been a little bit ambitious, uh, Cristiano, starting someone like him, someone who's new to the country, new to MLS and with different uh, altitudes and stuff like that, throwing him into a match like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think if if it was his first time playing in that sort of altitude, yeah, I mean, I thought it was risky. But look, it's part of playing in the MLS. You're going to go into atmospheres such as these. And, these and guys by the way, like, I hate to interrupt you, Cristiano. I don't know what the, what the different altitudes he's played with in the past. Well, we don't <laughs> know. Exactly. We don't know, but assuming that that was something new to him, right? Mm -hmm. Because that was your question. Assuming that was something new to him, look, it was going to take some adjustment on his part. But like I said, at some point, traveling through the vast, you know, United States of America, we've seen, I mean, obviously we know it's, it's a ginormous country, 50 states, yada, yada, yada. There's a lot of different time zones, a lot of different altitudes. So I think if you're going to be a regular MLS player, and this is a guy that was brought in here to be a regular on this Metro, I mean, on this Red Bulls team, um, he's going to have to play in these sort of, you know, atmospheres. So at some point he's going to have to be thrown out there. And I think, look, I, I, I don't really mind Jesse starting him because like I said, he has to play at some point, but yeah. it's the other decisions, right? You know, the, 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 the thinking that you're just going to come out there with a makeshift lineup and we're that good that we're just going to get the three points away from, from, you know, from home in a very tough building, a building, like I mentioned before that they've, they're yet to get a W in. Yeah. I, I'd also look at someone else, um, Alfredo, someone like Carlos Rivas too. We, I, we talked about him where, he, he t- at times frustrated with Orlando City, where sometimes he'd show you where, yeah, he, he's really good player. All the times it's going, you know, what the hell is he doing? And we saw early on in the season where he had some good moments for the Red Bulls. And then having him sort of play the role of BWP last Saturday, we, you saw where, yeah, that, that was almost like the, the Carlos Rivas that, that frustrated a lot of the Orlando City fans and management. Yeah, look, I I mentioned last last uh, podcast last week that uh, uh, I don't think that uh, Rivas is a player to play by himself up top. I think he is strong. I think he could hold off defenders, but he doesn't have the presence of mind to play with the guys that are coming in from the midfield. Yes, he could handle a hard charge. He can handle a guy on his back. But I think that he plays best when he has guys feeding him and when he can appear in spaces. And when you're the only guy up front and you got two guys worried about you and closing you down, it becomes more and more difficult for him to play. Right. From that match, though, uh, Cristiano, just a question. Um, You know, we've been saying a lot of the negative stuff. Was there really anything that stood out to you where? I don't want to say not not necessarily a positive. When you lose one nil, it's it's tough. It's not as if there was goal scores. But was there anything that you saw that all right, you know, this is is a bit of an improvement so far. Even though they did lose, you're still seeing some signs of improvement going forward. No, absolutely not. I didn't, I didn't see any type of improvement anywhere on that field throughout that whole. How about game. With, with the defense? I know they gave it conceded a penalty, but anything else you saw with the defense? Again, it was a sloppy game. It was a game that the Red Bulls pretty much controlled. 60-40 possession. They had the ball the whole time. Really, until late in the second half, guys, uh, unless I'm going crazy, they weren't – Real Salt Lake did not create a lot of chances. No. So it's not like they were under fire and they were just you know doing this tremendous job of defending and clearing out every single uh, dangerous cross or you know any sort of ball like that. I just – look, they, they did their part, but it wasn't necessarily a very threatening Real Salt Lake. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree. I like, you know, I hate to be repeating myself, but I, the Red Bulls were a much better team uh, than Real Salt Lake. Uh, we're used to seeing uh, Luis Robles come up with some saves that uh, keep the score line the way it is, but I don't remember him making that significant of a save. I maybe uh, might have had one. Yeah, but late in the game not. when he and when he the, the forward the Real Salt Lake t tries to chip him. Yeah, it wasn't a very good chip. It was an easy save. The other one, it was a shot that he parried um, with, with his into his chest. I didn't think he was that much involved, and I I thought that uh, the defense. Uh, played well. They can't be at fault for the for the penalty because Rivas yeah. was the one that committed the penalty. Um, but uh, I think that uh, seeing Bezencourt again uh, playing for me uh, was a positive, especially with uh, now Tyler Adams going on to international duty, and we'll speak about that in in a little right. bit. Uh, but seeing uh, Bezencourt, the guy that Cristiano and I were impressed with uh, when they played Portland. Uh, seeing him out there again, getting that time, getting that burn, uh, to me was perhaps one of the positives. If you could say that there's a positive I can take from this game. Yeah, I'll say, you know, no one goes, just to wrap up this, the, the Real Salt Lake game, you know, no one goes unbeaten in MLS. We even saw last year with Toronto having the best record. They, they dropped some matches too, but I just have a feeling looking back when we get into August, September, and you're fighting for playoff positioning and, and standings, it's this is going to be one of those games you look back and go, wow, they just they just threw away points that night. All right, on, on to some of the other Red Bull news before we preview the Minnesota United match. Uh, some good news, though, from St. Patrick's Day, besides um, people getting drunk. Uh, Red Bulls, too, won their USL season opener, a 2-1 two, two win over Toronto FC2 at Red Bull Arena. Uh, Florian Valo, who uh, saw some time with the the big league club this year wore the captain's band for RB2, picked up an assist, also picking up an assist. A guy you two had a chance to talk to after the Portland match, Ben Mines, he picked up an assist. Uh, Andrew Tenardi notched both goals for Red Bull 2 in the come-from-behind effort, and before that, he earned a spot on the USL Team of the Week. So good for Red Bull 2, and they're in action again this Saturday night down in Georgia against Atlanta United 2. And... You got something to say? I, I don't know oh. if you were going to get into this or not, but uh, speaking of uh, of St. Patrick's Day and, and green, yeah. uh, Colin got his green card. Uh, and what that does for the Rebels is that oh. frees, frees up an international spot. So I, from what I understand, there was three slots uh, where RB2 players, international RB2 play, uh, uh, Red Bull players, could go back and forth between uh, RB2 and the main team as long as the Red Bulls notified the league. And Velo was one of them that goes mm -hmm. back and forth. So this slot either opens this, uh, a permanent slot for Velo to be part of the main team, uh, which I think is Jesse's idea, or it opens up for a guy to be signed uh, now when the European leagues finish off. That was a good catch. I, I totally missed it. I did see him getting a green card, but I didn't even look into the to the deeper aspects of it. That was a good catch by well, him. That's why you pay me the big bucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'll make sure Cristiano gives you a few extra dollars, Eric, since you know, he's the one bankrolling all of us here. All right. We also got the, the semifinal matchups all set in stone now for the Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League. 
The Red Bulls will be playing Chivas de Guadalajara, their opponent. Their first leg will be Wednesday, April 4th down in Mexico. And the return leg will be at Red Bull Arena on Tuesday, April 10th. Now, with some of the scheduling, they've been playing a lot more games. MLS did make some changes. The match that they were supposed to be playing at home against Houston, which would have been a MLS match, it was supposed to be on Saturday, April 7th. That got moved to Wednesday, August 29th, just to give them a little bit of a breather in between, in between, because they do play Orlando City a few games before the first leg, and a few games after the second leg, they're going to be playing at home against Montreal. So that was good by MLS to both help out them and also Toronto FC. They moved one of their matches as well. So that's that's going to be pretty interesting, guys, uh, with uh, Chivas coming to, to Red Bull Arena. I know that the, the Red Bulls, what they're doing, I, I guess they're, they're expecting a lot of Chivas fans to be buying up tickets. So they sort of came up with a ticket plan where in order to buy tickets for that game, you have to buy tickets for two other Red Bull games in MLS. So they figured at the very least, ah, if these, these Chivas fans are going to buy up all the tickets, they'll at least buy tickets to a Red Bulls game in the future, even if they, even if they don't go. Hey. Smart. Tickets are already sold. It's smart. Yeah, but you I, know, I never. It's yeah, not maybe on the Red Bulls part, but as as far as the, the Chivas fans, I mean, you, you got to really be looking at this and just shaking your head and like, you know, you're gonna have to fork up the money. It's the only way you're gonna be able to attend this game. But I wouldn't have liked it if I was just you know going there for a Chivas game. To be brutally honest with you, I mean, I have to buy two other games. I mean, two games that I have absolutely no interest in. Look, well, I understand it. I understand from the Red Bulls part. Um, you know. It's a money grab. Well, totally it, understand with it. And it, it, it's probably a way also to curb the number of Shiva's uh, fans Absolutely. to be attending but, this game. But what I, a lot of people have also been saying, just that I've been reading uh, on the Twitterverse, um, where the Chivas fans won't care because they'll they'll spend money. They're like the Yankees. They 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 have fans all over the place, so their fans won't sure. care. Oh, so they'll, they'll buy the tickets and. Just discard them. What they're saying, what they might be pricing out some of the Red Bull fans because you got to pay all this money up front for all these games. So that could be it. Could, it could it could be in a way hurting a little bit of the Red Bulls' attendance too, at least yeah. for that for that match. Because I mean, some, some of these Chivas fans, they'll just buy the tickets regardless, and they'll either throw the tickets away or give them away or or you know just sell them off. But StubHub, yeah, and I think some of the prices on there they're up in you know. Over a hundred dollars already. Yep. So, but that's that's something we really want to have. Um, you know, one step away from making it to the to the Concacaf Champions League final, you really want a home field advantage. So that might be a tough a tough look at Red Bull Arena. It's definitely interesting, man. And, and and you know, can't wait to that game day just to see what exactly the portion of Red Bulls the Chivas fans going to be in the building. It's going to be uh, something to look forward to. Yeah, it will be a. Be a quite festive atmosphere, regardless, and I guess it would yeah. also depend on what happens their first leg down yeah. in Guadalajara. So okay, somewhere in Virginia or LA, uh, Bruce Arena will be laughing to see that attendance figure also in the mix. Yeah. Uh, he can he can go, he can go jump in the ocean. As far as I'm concerned. All right, one more thing I want to get to before our preview. Uh, on on a good note, and. You know, it also gets into our argument with MLS and uh, international breaks. Four guys from the Red Bulls got called up for international duty. Um, where the heck are they? Murillo, <laughs> yeah, Murillo, Escobar, Escobar Tyler Adams, and Kamar Lawrence. I'm sorry, I have I have my list here. 
Yep. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So they got called up. That's good. Um, obviously, um, Mario and Escobar for Panama as they as they set uh, get ready for the the World Cup. And then Kamar Lawrence, he's always um, a stalwart with the the Jamaica team. But also good seeing Tyler Adams getting the call up for the third time up to up to the big club with the U.S. team. And I did notice on the, the, the U.S. soccer Twitter page, they were he was one of the guys prominent on the the banner picture or the you know the yeah. billboard picture with Tyler Adams so be good for him obviously it's going to hurt the Red Bulls but you know it's good for him getting more experience and he as he works his way into the um but yeah Look, regular on the on the U.S. team he's an exciting player he is the future of uh, of this U.S. team Pulisic yeah. uh Adams uh, Josh Sargent, uh, all all of these guys are going to be around for a while because they're so they're so young and they're already breaking uh, into because the, the other guys stink. So, well, that too, but we that's a conversation for a different <laughs> podcast. Yeah, but yeah, I mean it's it's good, it's good. Yeah, look, it's fantastic for Tyler, right? And it's fantastic for the other guys. Anytime you get called up to to represent your nation at the international level, it's it, it, it's a tremendous feeling, right? But I mean, let's let's really look at the elephant in the room here, right, guys? How in the? I mean, I've been uh, I've been complaining about this for years now, and I think Mike, you've been in, in in the press room, right, press conference room, along with myself and Alfredo, whatever. Where I, where I've asked whether I think it was Mike Pecky or the coach uh, prior, how, how how do they feel about having a, a, an international break and still playing games? I mean, you're obviously losing some very key players from your roster, and these are games that count because. You know, at the end of the day, you try to qualify, you try to accumulate as many points to make a playoff, to make the playoffs, right? To guarantee yourself a spot. And, and now you're missing some of your key players, and you, you know, there's there's a chance that you drop points without these very key players. Obviously, the Red Bulls this year, they've used 22 players so far. They, they, you know, they've they've mixed and matched lineups, so it's probably not really gonna hinder them in this game but it could though down the line but and to me i just don't understand how the hell they allow this to go on. you're gonna have 12 teams 12 teams six games yeah going on it's not, not even all not even all the teams exactly you, you can't say oh well, it's all the teams and you a team that's sitting out this week uh benefits you know, yeah, they, they, they might be losing guys, but then come the next international break where they're playing, well, maybe they're not losing as many guys that time. So it, it doesn't doesn't always even out. Yeah, and so I, I just don't understand how the league is allowing this. And I understand the league's come a long ways, guys. Trust me, the league's come a long ways, right? And I try to tell a lot of MLS haters, the guys I talk to in Europe, and and they just follow European football, even South American football. Like I can't get into the MLS. And I'm like, trust me, it's look, it's not. The cream of the crop yet, yeah, but it's 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 you know it's made long strides and, and and it's heading in the right direction. But this is still one thing where you know you can still call the league a Mickey Mouse club because at the end of the day, how the hell do they allow this to go on? I just I don't understand it, and, I, and I, I'm yet to speak to a to a head coach to an MLS head coach that uh, that goes on record and rips it up right on record. They all oh you know yeah. it's part of the league. We understand. but trust me when that microphone is off, I'm yet to speak to one head coach. That's MF pleased it. with this. That's pleased with this. Every single one I've spoken to so far, and players included, they're not fans. Yeah, but th look, that's okay because the MLS is given is, is taking a nine day break for the World Cup, so that makes it all okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, I get, I get where the, you know, the world cup where, you know, they usually shut down for the group play and maybe they start up again once the knockout stages are, because probably most of the players in MLS aren't necessarily going that far in, in the world cup. But, you know, as I understand, they don't shut down for an entire month, but yeah, in a situation, all right, I'll jump right into the game this week. Well, we'll the, as they play Minnesota United, looking at Minnesota United, they're going to be without, they're losing three guys to international break. Two guys in their back four, Michael Boxall from New Zealand and Francisco Calvo for Costa Rica. And then they also lose their midfield, Erasmus Schuler, who will be with Finland on international duty. Plus, they're also losing other guys for for injuries and stuff like that. So, you know, the Red Bulls are losing four guys. They're without three guys coming here to Red Bull Arena. So it, it's 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 tough on them too. Look, injury is part of the game, right? Yeah. Injuries, everyone, every team is, right. you know, is bound to get injuries. It is what it is. You have to to live with them, right? As far as an international break, man, that's that's the part that I just can't understand. I mean, you can't control that. Well, you can't control injuries neither, but you know what I'm trying to say. You could, as a league, put a stop. It's an international break. Just stop it. I don't understand why they don't do that. But How about this for the for, – um... The four guys that the Red Bulls are losing. I, I figure both of you guys would say the, the one that they're going to lose the most is Adams. Missed the most, yeah. Right, yeah, missed the most. Which, all right, taking Adams out of the picture, which other guy um, would be out of the, the three remaining? Kamar? Kamar, Kamar, Lawrence, by far. I mean, look at his – I mean, if you look at Murillo and uh, Escobar, right? Mm-hmm. Obviously, you got Long and you got Parker that could replace Escobar. And, you know, those are probably going to be your two – uh, first choice CBs, anyways. Even though I like Escobar better, and then the kid Keith, he he's doing well, Duncan, right? Kyle Duncan. Kyle, Kyle I keep Duncan. calling him Keith. I don't know Duncan Keith. That's a hockey player. Yeah. Kyle Duncan. I think the Blackhawks. I, yeah, exactly. I think he's he's been, you know, he's been a tremendous addition to this team. A kid that that's, you know, just joined the MLS. I understand, but I think he's been he's he's been. Uh, playing really well, and he's another player that obviously, like I mentioned after last week, he's going to be another option for Jesse Marsh, and I think right now he's playing really well, so I don't really think they're going to miss Mario that much, right? But Kamar Lawrence, on the other hand, I mean, you got Connor Lade playing left back. Yeah, I mean, that's a huge drop-off. Connor had some shaky moments there. Absolutely. In, uh, I, I read where some people said he was, you know, some positives was Lade's defense. Like, really? The reason why he, he had that defends, one back pass. So was, uh, the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The reason why he defends so much is because he's messing it up on the other end. I I just look, I like Connor. Uh he's got a great heart in the kid, you know, he's got the tremendous attitude. He's always giving it his all, but whew, did he look shaky last week? And so I mean to answer this question, the guy they'll miss the most is Kamar because yeah, even even for Tyler, they have the Valots, the the Bizacourts, the Rostovskis, the Connor, the 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 Sean Dave. They have so many other guys that could play that position. There's only one left back on this team. One starting caliber left back on this team, and that's Kamar. I'm not sure, um, you know, Connor is going to be the type of guy that that could fill in for long haul, even though this is just a one game. But still, um, they'll definitely miss Kamar in this game. Yeah. Looking at this game, Minnesota United, uh, they lost their first match 3-2, but they've come back with back-to-back 2-1 victories. Suffered a big blow a few weeks ago when midfielder Kevin Molino was lost for the season with an ACL tear. They're losing to three other starters for uh, for international duty, and they're also going to be without Tyrone Mears, another defender 
who is set to miss this week with a calf injury. So they're losing um, either through injury or through uh, international duty. Three of the four guys, three out of the four defenders, and a team that's already given up five goals so far in the first three matches. So this is something where you think, I said last week, yeah, you know what, that's a game that they got to step in, take three points. Uh, Alfredo, heading into this one, looking at the guys that Minnesota have lost, this has got to be another one. I know the Red Bulls are missing guys, but this has got to be something. They come out and they got they got to hammer Minnesota, take care of their uh, weaknesses more than they their weaknesses of them missing their own guys. Yeah, look, it, it's definitely going to be challenging for that back line, missing two of those uh, key players and probably first name starters when the when Adrian Heath is building up that starting eleven. So it's going to be challenging, but the, I thought it was funny because I, I went on their page and, and their page, there's a little blurb that says all the taurine in the world won't help them, referring to the Red Bulls. Yeah. Uh, so kind of a nice. little jab for, from Minnesota and Minnesota from, from the loons, <laughs> from the loons. What and, exactly is a loon? It's a bird. No, yeah, so they call the loons because of a bird. Minnesota United is a loon. There's a bird on their crest. Yeah, goes to show you how much attention I paid. Yeah, so uh, look, they're past their first year as an expansion team. They're now going into the second year. They're coming off back-to-back wins, as you mentioned, uh, Mike, against Chicago and Orlando. Orlando being the former team of Adrian Heath, mm-hmm. who promoted Orlando uh, from the A and uh, the NASL, uh, I think yeah, USL, USL into the to the MLS now proving uh, to, to wants to prove to the to the to the soccer community that he could be an MLS coach. Mm-hmm. So he's got this team on the right path. I remember last year when they first started, they were getting hammered yeah. by everyone, but then kind of steadied the ship and and finished the 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 the, the year the season in the respectable position. They didn't mm-hmm. make the playoffs, but still they weren't the very worst team in the league. I don't believe so. It's going to be challenging for them missing those two guys, but nonetheless, they're coming off two huge wins against a, a reputable, established MLS teams in Chicago and Orlando. So they're going to definitely going to be up for the challenge. They, they're going to want to continue, and the guys that are stepping in for those two guys, they want to prove themselves to the coach that they could be uh, relied on, and especially because. You know, international duty, and I, you know, I don't want you said Costa Rica, right? Costa Rica was Calvo, and the other guy who was he play with? Boxall, New Zealand. New Zealand. So New Zealand's not going to the World Cup, if I'm not mistaken. I Uh, think they are. They are going to the World Cup. Sorry, that's how much attention I pay. Sorry, Christian. I just wanted to match you on that. Um, (laughs) Cristiano, Cristiano got him in the World Cup knockout pool. Right. Team. So. Look, these these guys that are coming in, it's their chance to prove that they're ready, that they can be counted on, and when there's additional international breaks, that they could be a, a viable option. But, yep, and, and the loons, bro, the, the the ginormous loons, they're they're looking to win back to back road games for the first time in franchise history. So you know they're going to be up for this game. They're going to be missing some key key players, as Alfredo just mentioned. But I expect the Red Bulls to handle them at home. I mean, last time they played, not last time, the one and only time they played last season, Red Bulls pretty much slapped them around 3-0, and I expect a very similar result. I expect... I'm sorry, that was actually a match I watched while I was over in Ireland, too. (laughs) I was 
I was watching that from the from the Can hotel room over there. You you must be ha- you must have had a boring vacation for you to nah, say. Nah, that was, was great. It was a great vacation. But uh, I I think Minnesota will feel their absences a lot more than what the Red Bulls will. So therefore, I expect their short lived one game road win streak to be snapped. Come, yeah, come, um, you know what? I'm yeah. sorry. I, I apologize. New New Zealand isn't going. Peru beat them out in the in the playoff. Come on, Mike. Yeah. Uh, and also, let's not forget that the Red Bulls are beaten in their last nine regular season home, uh, home games. Uh, so that's that's and, and the Red Bulls historically have been very strong at Red Bull Arena. We know the streaks that they've put together. So it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, I think that when, when Jesse's presser after the Real Salt Lake uh, game has definitely set a little bit of a fire uh, and to some guys and the Red Bulls are coming into this game for the first time having a full rest period between games. So the rebels are definitely going to be up after giving up that game in Real Salt Lake. By the way, temperatures look like they're going to be in around the thirties uh, Sunday evening, maybe a 20% chance of rain, but it'll be Sunday cool weather. Saturday. Uh, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. I don't really care about Sunday. Uh, yeah, so Saturday. So it's not as if they're playing a team from Minnesota. So it's not necessarily they have a, a weather advantage, but what, I guess, as we wrap up here, what, expecting that the Red Bulls should even missing the guy should come away to victory. What would concern you though, uh, Cristiano heading into this match besides the missing the, the four guys? Uh, what's the question, bro? I was looking at the weather. What would get, look, I'll answer okay, that. You can answer, you can answer after me, Cristiano. I was Mike, looking at the weather. yo. Mike, Mike asked, uh, what would concern you? In you were looking at the weather. This? You look at the weather girls, Cristiano, but go ahead. Alfredo. What, what would Can't confirm you? nor deny. What would concern you in regards to this game? For me, yeah. what what con- concerns me is that if the Red Bulls give up um, this game, give up some points in this game, is all the momentum that they've been building with the wins in the CCL, uh, with that home win, that first initial home win, and that momentum that they built up to this Real Salt Lake, everybody talking about the depth of this team, everybody talking how uh, this team's already seems to be at another level for very early in the season. If the Red Bulls lose this game or give up any points in this game, I don't know what kind of mental effect is going to have on them, but nonetheless, it could be something that's detrimental to their confidence going forward. I'm not really concerned. What, what, I, what I'm more intrigued in is to see if this team can rebound after that poor uh, performance in, in uh, Rio Tinto, and I exp- I do expect them to, to, to rebound, but obviously you want them to rebound because you don't want this team to obviously coming after such a high, right? And then you go on the road, and obviously that was a little hiccup, but want to see if that was just a hiccup or if they could pick it back up and obviously uh, elevate things and get ready to 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 play uh, Guadalajara in a couple of weeks. Yeah, because it's more not just getting the three points, but also just doing it with the the style that the Red Bulls are trying to establish and what they've established up until last Saturday. All right, guys. Um, it was great talking with you guys once again as the snow melts. Uh, we'll definitely catch up with you guys sometime soon. I won't be able to make the match this Saturday. I'll be watching on TV. But if you guys make it out there, Enjoy yourselves and be safe. All right, Alfredo, have a good evening. Cristiano, good talking to you once again, buddy. Take care, Mike. Yeah, man, and if any of you guys will listen to us and you guys are at the arena, you see us, feel free to say hi. Um, it'll be a pleasure to share a beer with you guys. Yeah. Uh, uh, Cristiano will we'll buy the beer for you, too. <laughs>
Mr. Big Bucks. And All by the way, listeners are going to show up. By the way, if you guys are big fans of Benfica, catch up with the two of them on the Benfica podcast, which you guys do every Tuesday night. So make sure you guys listen to that. And if you don't, eh, you know, what can I tell you? For Cristiano Oliver and Alfredo Fumasas, I'm Mike Corbett. Thanks once again for listening to the Full of Bulls podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at FOBS Podcast, on Instagram at Full of Bulls, and visit our Facebook page and subscribe on iTunes. This has been a presentation of the Full of Bulls Podcast. Thank you for listening. Thank you.